Welcome to the Homeschool Loftcast, a podcast presented by the Homeschool Loft in De Pere, Wisconsin. Our goal at the Loft is to encourage parents who educate their children at home and let them know that they are both called to and empowered for the task of home-based education. At the Loft itself, we offer one-on-one consultations, book clubs and discussion groups, workshops and seminars, and a curriculum viewing library. Through the Loftcast, we extend our reach and encourage and bless homeschooling parents everywhere. Tonight, we are very excited to have Andy Thoman with us. He is the InterVarsity Christian Fellowship Area Director, and he is right here in studio with us, well, at a special guest location, and we're taping the podcast as we interview him. Andy, as I said, uh, is with InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. He is the Associate Area Ministry Director for InterVarsity over Northeast Wisconsin. In his role with InterVarsity, he works daily with college students to help them thrive in their college experience and grow in their faith. Andy was homeschooled all the way up to his senior year of high school. He attended UW Oshkosh after high school and graduated with a degree in communications and religious studies. He now uses his experience to help other students like himself find success and grow as leaders while in college. Welcome, Andy. Thank you. Andy, you're going to tell us your whole story. Yeah. <laughs> is what you're going to do. No pressure. Now, beforehand, I was chatting with Andy and I thought to myself, I have to stop asking him questions because I'm going <laughs> to ask him these questions again. We were just warming up your high school story, your college experience, how you ended up where you are now in that beige chair. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I was thinking about this beforehand, kind of t- thinking to myself, OK, wh- what's my whole story? And I'm a rambler, so you'll need to, like, cut me off if I'm <laughs> talking. Too. So. Uh, so as, as you already said, introducing me, I, I grew up, um, homeschooled all the way up to my senior year. So I guess I'm not technically a graduate of being homeschooled. Um, but my senior year, and there's a few reasons for that. Like I wanted to experience at the time, Wisconsin didn't allow homeschoolers to play sports and stuff like that. So that was like one of the big things I wanted to play sports and I wanted to experience some of those things. So I did that my senior year. Um, and through my time homeschooling, I learned a lot of things that I probably didn't realize until later when I was older. And I'm excited to probably talk about a little bit of that tonight of even like one of the big things I, I remember realizing once I got to college was how well I knew how to study because I had basically been studying on my own, you know, like for the past 12 years or whatever. Wait, because um, you were a homeschooler. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, you know, and like, um, so once I got to college, that was actually part of my experience. So uh, after high school, I actually, I went to a community college for one year. Um, I took some general ed classes and I was strategic and I made sure all my classes would transfer. Not everyone does that. That's one advice I would give people. Like if, if you know, you're going to transfer, make sure your classes will transfer. I did that ahead of time and it, and it worked. Another way I was strategic, um, is I made sure that I would stay right under the credit level to be a freshman. So I could live in the freshman dorms. <laughs> uh, so it was kind of my, my cheating way of like, I knew I wasn't going to be a first year on a four, um, year college campus, but I realized that if I was with a lot of people that already established their friend groups, I might miss that. And so I intentionally, I was like, okay, I'll hold off like one credit. And so I'll enter in technically as a freshman. And so I went to UW Oshkosh is where I went in. I went towards uh, communication religious studies. That's what I graduated with. Um, got really involved in a lot of things while I was in college. Um, a lot of extracurriculars. Um, I dove headfirst into as much as I could get involved with. One of the things I got involved with was a organization on campus called University Christian Fellowship, uh, which transformed me a lot. I met really good community there. A lot of people who really wanted to love other people and love God well. Um, and I wanted um, to be a part of that and wanted to see how could we make the campus, a place that people felt loved. And that's one of the things that we care about as an organization. So anyways, I got really involved and there were a lot of things through that, that really transformed me. And and I can talk about that later as we continue. Um, But because of that, after I had graduated, I continued volunteering for InterVarsity um, because I really loved what they did. And I still lived in Oshkosh. Um, I still um, was there because I I planned on moving away, but my wife was a semester behind me. Um, and she, so she's, she's actually smarter than I am. She graduated a, a semester ahead, you know, she graduated three and a half years, but she was just younger than me by a year. So anyway, so I stayed in the area cause we got married right after I had graduated and I was still <laughs> there. So I kept volunteering within a varsity. Um, and long story short, as I was volunteering, eventually they'd asked, Hey, would you ever consider doing this full time? And I said, yes. And that's how I landed doing that in Oshkosh for the next several years. And where I am now, where now I do it 
generally in Northeast Wisconsin. I travel up here to Green Bay and travel around the area, helping college students uh, thrive in their college years. And I, I, I use that word intentionally because a lot of times I talk to people and say, hey, how can I survive college? And I say, no, don't mm -hmm. survive. You should mm -hmm. thrive. This is a time where you should be uh, really diving into like, who are you meant to be and uh, what experiences are you know going to be unique in this time that you're not going to have another chance like that later. So that's what I spend my time doing now. So that's how I ended up here. All right. That's good. All right. So we are going to talk about college because that's what our, our guests that are in person here are, uh, came to hear. Right. But I do want to ask you and kind of get this out of the way. Um, does every high school graduate need to go to college? Yeah. Why so, or why not? Yeah. Uh, and, and that's a great question. And I love talking about that question because with my work with college students, I definitely interact with some that maybe shouldn't have. And, and I say that like in a way, not like, oh, they're not able to do it, but just like, I think a lot of students end up in college <clears throat> just because they feel like that's yes. the right next step. Mm -hmm. um, and for a lot of people, it is. I'm, I mean, I'm a huge advocate of college, like I advocate for people, but I'm also advocate, like if you're not supposed to, like if you have something else that you're feeling called to, if you have something else that you're feeling like you should do after high school, by all means do it. Or if you need some time to wait and think. Mm -hmm. That was another reason, like, so I mentioned that after I'd graduated high school, I went to community college for a year. It allowed me a year. I mean, it was really cheap. I lived at home and it was, yep. you know, cheaper than going to a four year school. And so I was able to kind of discern, do I want to do this? And even, you know, what I wanted to do. And, and so that's something that I tell people is like, it's a myth that everyone needs to go to college. For one thing, I have a lot of friends who didn't go to college who are making more money than <laughs> most people. But, you know, so that's the only reason people say they want to go to college. For right. one, I hope that that's not the only thing that people want to do in their life through their careers. I hope their lives are more than just making money. Um, but if that's like a reason, I'm like, there's, there's easier ways to make money than just to, yeah. You know, well, Andy, one of the school. things that we hear continually is the fact that most people are under this assumption that if you're homeschooled, surely it's nearly impossible to get into college. Tell us about that. Yeah. So I'd say, um, obviously, you know, that's a myth because we know so many homeschoolers who are in college. <laughs> and, and so I'll say my work with college students, I've worked with a lot of homeschoolers. I'm not an anomaly. You know, I work with homeschoolers on a regular basis, you know, mm -hmm. just as much as I work with people from public and private schools. Um, and so I, my story is a little bit, you know, weird because I guess I don't know the exact route that someone needs to go because I, I transferred into a high, uh, high school, my senior year of public school. Mm -hmm. And so I got the degree from there. So I didn't actually have a homeschooling degree. And so it allowed me, you know, not have to, or my parents or whoever has sure. to do the extra work. I, yeah. You know better than I do. Yeah. I don't know what all the extra work is that has to happen in order to. We're the moms. Know. Yeah. And so, or, you know, like I have friends. So I have plenty of friends who did that, plenty of friends who got their GRE or, and, and then on top of that, like, even as I think of like ACT or SAT scores, I think in a lot of ways in, and I'm probably wrong and say, I mean, I'm not an expert, so don't quote me, but the more I've seen, I'm like, those scores seem like they really don't matter unless you're going to like Ivy league school, you know, like, mm -hmm. and even for myself, I don't even know if they use my score, partly because I went to community college first and mm -hmm. I transferred in. So I was technically a transfer student. Right. So I don't even think, I mean, I scored. Okay. I can't remember what it was. I mean, I would have got in, but like, I don't think they even asked for it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and, so, and that's the very thing that people get so stuck on yeah. <clears throat> is how is this going to happen? I mean, we have parents who come in and their kiddos are three. And they're already, you know, scared <laughs> because they, they only made it to basic math. Yeah. And so they yeah. think, how are we going to do this? And so, yeah, I mean, that's a for real thing, but we know what really matters because we've met so many successful college bound kiddos that are, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And that's like, even going back to the question asked like, should everyone go to college? And, and one of the questions with that is like, as you're deciding what type of college and stuff like that, like. I think like if someone knows like, okay, I want to go to Harvard law school, then yeah, maybe you have to take your ACTs and SATs seriously in your <laughs> grades, but you know, like brain surgeon. Yeah. For the most part, I feel like. I used or to military this. Academy. We have a young man in the audience oh, who yeah, wants yeah. to go to a military Academy, right? Take them seriously. Right. So I think yeah. like, that's like my biggest advice is if you know a specific school you want to go into, look to see if there's specific requirements for that. But that, I mean, again, that's no different for homeschooler than it would be someone who's public and private school. I give the same advice to either person. Right. So, right. Yeah. So if someone wants to go to college, um, why do you think it's important for students to start asking questions about that before they even get there? Yeah. And, and so this even goes back to, I was saying, you know, like know why you want to go. So first, you know, answering the question, should I go? And if you can answer that, I think students need to ask themselves why they're going um, because that will really change a lot of things. If the why is, you know, I want to make a lot of money, you know, okay. 
then evaluate is this do i need to do that um or evaluate okay what's the best you know major for this again i hope that's you know not your motivation some people is and i'm not trying to shame people for that but um another thing you know another thing to know um as you're going into college to know like what sort of experiences you want to gain like okay so if you're only going for this whatever degree then go to you know or a technical degree or something like that it makes sense just to go and get that whereas if that experience really matters to you and, and i'll say i'm biased i'm an advocate of you know like um of having a, a broad education like i went to you know four-year school and got the general you know classes and i think it really helps in being a well-rounded person i think there's a lot of positive that and i think it contributes to society in a lot of way but that's not like the only way to go about it um so knowing the why you're going, I think really will help you make some of those other decisions yeah. along the way. Mm -hmm. What are some important questions you think are helpful for current high school students or even graduates to ask? Yeah. Um, so helpful questions for current high school students or graduates. I think of, so more, so more specific versions of, my why i guess actually mm -hmm. so i would say so starting to know like um once you get there like what are the values that you hold or what are the values you hold even beforehand like if you care a lot about being close to your family don't pick a school that's you know 200 miles away because it might seem like it's only four years or might seem like it's only a semester and, and i've worked with too many college students where that's you know really hard and that's the reason they don't finish college because they didn't realize how big of a value that was to them to begin with or vice mm -hmm. versa you know like yeah. maybe like i want to go and experience things and it's too boring because you stay too close or you stay or you do something you know like if you know that's you like knowing those things ahead of time and there's so many things in your um value set that i think you should evaluate um so like that's one thing but even knowing like, okay, what are the things I value in my education beyond just like my career choice? Mm -hmm. um, what are the things that I value in extracurriculars? So once I get there, what should I start looking for? Uh, what are experiences that I look forward to having in, in what ways will certain choices either allow me to have those experiences or maybe take away from those experiences? Uh, I think that's a lot of things that or incoming college students don't think about ahead of time too often. And, and I'm probably a little guilty of this too. Too often I work with a lot of college students who they only think of it as a launch into your career. And, and to be sure that's what college is, you know, I don't want to like say, okay, it should be all these other things, but I think it has become these, other, it has become so much more and it's, it offers so much this time in young people's lives to gain experiences that like you never really get an opportunity like this again. And, and that's why I, even my current college students, I always say, take advantage of your summers because you're never going to have, you know, unless you have a really unique job later, like you probably won't have summers off later, you know, like and work really cool jobs in the summer. You gain experiences yeah. you want or go, you know, uh, study abroad and do things. And that again, that even matters even before you get to college, know some of those things, like what are you looking for in your experience more than just your career? And so that's, I think that would be my biggest advice is like, yes, you want to make sure that you are setting yourself up for your career, but too often people center their identity around that. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of my work that I do with college students is your identity is not wrapped up in your work. That's a part of your identity. I don't want to negate that. And so for sure, there's a, there's a balance of having enough identity where you value your work, where it's not just, oh, I grab a paycheck and it's nothing in, and there's a flip side of that where everything becomes about like what you're doing for your paycheck. And, um, and so there's, I think there's a fine balance and the sooner you can start thinking about that, you know, as you start to look at colleges, the better decisions you can start making of, Oh, what do I care about? What do I want to gain out of this time? Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to ask you a question that's not on the list that we talked about mm -hmm. ahead of time. I think you can handle it. <laughs> uh, if someone is a Christian high school student, should they go to Christian college or secular college or what and why? Tina, I was thinking of the same <laughs> question. <laughs> so I'll, I'll be, you know, forthcoming that I'm biased and I want him to come to public schools where I am at so uh, they can help us do the work that we're trying to do. Yeah. And that's bringing, you know, the good news that I think they carry onto the campuses. Mm -hmm. uh, and all that to say, uh, some people will thrive better in different contexts. And so you have to know yourself well, but also I said this early on and I'll reiterate this. I, I try to tell people college is not a time to survive. Mm -hmm. It's a time to thrive. Mm -hmm. um, and so if your only goal in college is like, 
And I talked to a lot of college students, a lot of parents about this. They say, how can we, how can my faith survive during college? And, and right. my response is usually like, well, if, if that's your attitude, you know, one, it, it might be hard or, you know, what even is surviving? Like if you are not growing more deeper in your faith, if you are not living it out on a you know, daily, like what's kind of the point? Because then you just wasted four years, you know, of this opportunity um, that you could have been doing things. So again, I'm biased because I want them to come here and I want them to be a part of the, you know, the work that we do. And I, one of the things I tell my students I work with is you will never gain another opportunity in your life where you are shoulder to shoulder with peers who are asking questions of who am I? What am I supposed to be in my life? Like, what is the meaning of life? Like, who, what am I doing? And even you yourself, as you consider, you know, uh, in college as, as a Christian and asking those questions, I think like sometimes in my opinion, it's better to be in a position where you're actually challenged to ask hard questions because that's going to refine you more in, in my opinion. Yeah. So hmm. long story short, my answer to your initial question, you know, should, you know, as a, if you're a person of faith and you're considering what kind of school you should go to, I don't think there's a correct answer, but I think too often we jump to, oh, this seems like a safe bet, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think mm -hmm. more, what we should think about is where can I thrive? Where can I grow? And where can I most utilize the skills that I've been given or the gifts that I've been given and not kind of keep those things. And that space might be, at a private Christian college, that space might be at a public university, that space might be at your local community college. It's going to be different for everyone, but I think too often that we're not asking that question. Right, right. And mm -hmm. if they go to a secular college, they can find university uh, or crew or some of the other ministries yeah. that are on campus. And that might be something that parents and students should look for if yeah. they are thinking about secular colleges, whether two-year or four-year, right? Yeah. And, and one of the things I'll say too is, so for sure, when you go to school, um, look for us, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm biased. I work for university. Look for us. I, I want to find, if you're going to where I'm at, if you're going to Oshkosh, come look for me. I'll find you, you know, uh, if you're going somewhere else, um, most likely we will be there or someone else will be there. And if we're not, we will resource you to do things on your own. Um, we will send resources your way. If there's someone nearby, I'm sure they would even come and meet with you and say, you know, if you said, Hey, I really love the things I looked up university online and I loved what you are doing. And I wish that was on my college campus just email us and we'll say, Oh, we'll come help you. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. We don't need to be there to begin with, but we probably are at most of the places that you're considering. Let's address <laughs> this idea. So here we are, we're homeschooling. So we're a family. We now, now our kids are 12. Okay. We have a 12 year old. We're getting into it. <laughs> Colleges now they've mentioned a little bit. I might want to be this. I might want to be that. I might want to do this. I feel like the whole shift goes right toward this preparation period for college, right? It becomes everything college and parents are out there buying curriculums of college test prep and making them do all this and then forget about all the things they were going to learn about because now we're really studying for the SAT, the ACT and doing all of this, right? And from your experience as a homeschooler, are there any decisions that you made or didn't make that you wish you would have prior to going to college, some ways to really prepare some things you could have left off and some mm -hmm. things you could have added on. Yeah, for sure. So, um, as I think of things I wish I would have done, and this is different on everyone's journey. So I, I, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer, but me personally, one thing I wish I would have done is I wish I would have, uh, as a lot of my friends did came in with more credits and I could have, it's just in high school. I just didn't take it as seriously. You know, I, I took classes that I could have, you know, taken tested and tested in for credits in college and stuff like that. And I would have saved myself a lot of money if I just would have done that. Or even if it's not money, I could just take in smaller course loads because it's way easier than I think most people realize to actually enter into college with tons of credits. Um, I knew like I had one friend who like came into college, it was like 36 credits or something like that. He was done with like wow. a whole year, basically, you that know, is, like, that's freshman year and yeah, then some, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so like, um, it's in, in that maybe I think is maybe a little bit abnormal to <laughs> come in with that many, but it's, it's not hard to come into college with credit. So yeah. that's one thing that I personally wish I would have done. Another thing I wish I would have done. And, and this is, what I was saying before I got really involved with stuff when I got to college. Um, so one of the things, and I wish I would have been a little more, more wise about my decisions coming into college. Like, uh, like not wise, like I made bad decisions, wanted to get involved, but maybe I got over involved. <laughs> but coming into college, I wish I would have thought a little bit more strategically of like, what else am I doing in college? <clears throat> excuse me. Other than just my coursework, like what other experiences do I want to gain? Mm. Like who am I as a whole person? Mm. Um, because then I could have made like more wise decisions, like coming in like, 
oh, like I know I want to get involved in X, Y, and Z. And I know that right. this is my capacity. I don't need to be in 30 different clubs. You know, mm-hmm. I can <laughs> be in two clubs that I really care about or something like that. Yeah. Or, you know, uh, that was, I, I, that is one thing that I think like I missed, uh, you know, everyone always talks about, you know, what are, you know, some of the pros and cons of, you know, being homeschool and whatnot. And that is one thing that I feel like that was one thing that was a little bit hard for me to navigate out of all the things that were difficult. The only thing I think it was difficult for me to navigate was to how to say no to all the extracurriculars mm-hmm. that were also offered to me. Cause I'd yeah. never had to navigate this before. It was like, Oh, all these awesome opportunities. I just got a little so too So you involved. signed up for every single thing. Yeah. That was kind of it. Just you know? like homeschooling parents <laughs> do. Yeah. Right? Yeah. People say what this socialization are these kids socialized? Oh, they're over socialized. Right. Yeah. The problem, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was, I was a little bit too ambitious. Yeah. Um, and, and I did fine, but I just like, I uh, was, yeah, I was, it's because you had that year of lack of socialization yeah, in probably. school that you had to overcompensate <laughs> yeah. in college, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm trying to think if there's other things that I would have done different. I mean, that's the biggest thing for me. I'm like, oh, I wish yeah. I would have taken some uh, things beforehand. And even, like I said before, I took, I can't remember what it is now. What is the one Wisconsin does? ACT? <laughs> Whatever one we require. Yeah. yeah. Um, I took that and like, I don't even think that like mattered in the end. And I, you know took some classes at my community college. That's maybe something I would have shifted is like certain classes. I, I think I would have had a little bit more fun with more people. I, I would have saved those, you know, like yeah. um, I love philosophy and stuff. And I took, I got some of those out of the way right away. And later um, I didn't have time while I was at the four year university. I was like, oh, I wish I would have saved some of these to like have fun with. Cause yeah. they were um, electives and I didn't have time for mm. them. You know, mm-hmm. Have you heard from other, especially homeschooled students that you work with, other things that they wish they had known or done before they got there? Hmm. I think like, uh, one, and this is true for myself too. One thing that I, I hear from a decent amount of homeschoolers and definitely I felt this was it was less intimidating than I thought it was going to be. And so that was actually something I wish I would have known. And I've talked to other, uh, mm. homeschoolers coming in that I, I feel like have shared that sentiment was because I didn't like know. And, you know, I just had like these fantasy ideas of what college was like, like, Oh, you know, like, am I going to be prepared? It's going to be really hard. And I came in, I'm like, right. this is actually really easy. You know, yeah. and, th- yeah. and I, I, that's not true for everyone. I want to like, some people it is really sure. hard for, and I don't want to like dismiss that. But like, I was like, Oh, I know how to study really well. And another mm-hmm. thing I wish I would have known was, you know, I, I, and, th- and these are things that I think just like more for like ego or like self-esteem. Like I wish I would have known these things ahead of time. And I've talked to other homeschoolers that, uh, had similar experiences. Like, everyone, um, has things in their knowledge base that is lacking, you know? Yes. And I was mm-hmm. thinking like, Oh, these are things that like I missed. Cause I, I was homeschooled. Like when I entered in, um, to college, I was kind of bad at essay writing. I'm pretty good at it now if I say so myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, I just, I thought like maybe that was like a fault of mm. my system, but then I <laughs> ran into, you know, like people went to pu- public school who didn't know how to do that or oh, yeah. had to figure out, you know, long division again and stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> well, you know, like we were all in the same boat. And sure. that was something that like, I guess like I had these ideas because I had, a, I had more of a less traditional and I think it's becoming more common now, but like when I was homeschooled, it was, it was less common. Mm-hmm. And so I, th- I had these ideas that I would be behind or something and that was not the case at all. And in many ways I was actually ahead of a lot of my peers. Yes. Um, so that is something I actually wish I knew. And that's something I've, I've talked to some of my, um, homeschooling students who have shared that of like, just kind of like this fear coming in yeah. it's like, you yeah. don't need to be as scared as tell, that. tell Noah's story about going into the, the oh, community yeah. college and mm-hmm. being afraid of the writing class. Right. So, yeah. Well, the thing with Noah is he had already been writing. Okay. So he's 21 now and he was, I mean, he's written books, he's written articles for the, um, history channel. He has this podcast, like all these things. Right. And so this is NWTC, like this isn't even some major big college. And he did all those things on his own, but then wanted to kind of beef up his writing. And we were like, you wrote the study guide to the poetic Edda. Like, (laughs) I don't, I feel like NWTC is not going to offer you much on that. But the reality, you guys, is this, Uh, Noah went in and he was just wanting that. He loved Mm. writing and he was just really looking for that. Well, it turned out the teacher would constantly be using Noah's writing. Now he's coming in and I, I feel like all of us have this about ourselves. We have, we, our skills, we kind of put them down a little bit, right? Like, Oh, it's not all that I can improve. I can do better. I can, it's like, but you did all of this. Well, he goes in there, she's using his stuff. He said, mom, it's, it's almost like a fourth grade writing level. 
is where they're beginning Mm -hmm. compared to what he's doing. He couldn't believe it. Yeah. And it just, I mean, he said his heart broke and they would break out in little groups and stuff. And I feel like he was, you know, quick to help other people because I mean, but this is an eye opener of the system that we're living in and where education is dumbed down. Yep. I'm going to say it again. It's dumbed down to the student instead of rising up and doing the hard things because children will rise. They'll do it. Mm -hmm. When we lay that foundation, right. And have that uh, atmosphere of learning. You hear me talk about that all the time. The atmosphere of your home should be learning. And when that's there, give the kids the stuff and they'll do it. And then you as the parent be a learner as well. And so, um, yeah, that's the story. Well, and I've read a lot of articles over the years um, interviewing college professors, right? And maybe some of the professors on the campuses where you work too. um, They don't always know the homeschooled kids because they look normal, right? However, when they see the quality of the work and then they realize that the kid was homeschooled, nine times out of 10, they're like, it's the homeschoolers that are excelling. And oftentimes what I've heard too is the homeschoolers, and maybe you experienced this, Andy, too, actually enjoyed the college experience a lot more than public school kids because they weren't burned out on that, that kind of classroom environment, right? So in some ways, there's a mm-hmm. leg up in that way. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think in many ways, maybe I, I still love school too much. I, I wish I could stay in academia for the rest yeah. of my life. I you wish, can. What yeah. do you mean? We I, are. I could. Yeah, I wish. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I wish someone would just pay me just to study oh, all the yes. time. <laughs> I agree. Um, but I, I think even um, going back to like the things that I wish I would know and, and even kind of going to like some of those things were intimidating. I think another like misconception I had um, being someone who was homeschooled almost all the way through um, and not dealing with a lot of like teachers and stuff like that. Like I was under the impression and I don't know where I get it, subconsciously. I just thought like school was like to test me and not so much to educate me. And I think that's a, a major mind shift when, or, uh, a shift in, in mindset when I realized actually these instructors, professors are here to teach me, not just to test and fail me. Yeah. <laughs> like, so <laughs> if I'm struggling, they're actually like, they want you to, learn. yeah, they want me to learn. Yeah. They want me to grow. And that was, I don't think I realized till much later. And it was something that, you know, just coming in, what, what kind of intimidated me of like, Oh, what if, what if I struggle in this class? And I realized, Oh, that's yeah. actually, I'm paying them because I don't know the stuff that, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's you know why what? I'm there. <laughs> and, and homeschoolers do shine brightness. And remember we were interviewing Jay, Jay Wild, Dr. Wild of Apologia mm-hmm. and Berean Builders. Yeah. And what were his yeah. thoughts when he tell that story? Because you know him better. And just when the student came in and he was homeschooled. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that? he, so Dr. Weil met a student and you have to go back and listen to our podcast episode on that. But he yeah. tells the story well. He taught at Ball State University, I believe, in Indiana. And um, this student came in asking questions. And Dr. Weil is a PhD chemist. So this is, he's no slacker when it comes to academia. So this young man came in and was asking questions and, and but really also kind of like asking questions and explaining things because he really understood deeply, but he wanted to talk to Dr. Weil about it. And so he was a really a deep thinker. And, uh, and then he said he was homeschooled and Dr. Weil was pro homeschool at that point. But, um, he said, well, your mom must have been a scientist then or something because you really know this stuff. And, and he said, oh no, she only graduated high school, <laughs> but it was, he already, he had, he had a love of learning and a passion yeah. Um, and it stood out to Dr. Weil and other professors as well. So, and I think it does. And there's something to be said since I probably say it on every episode <laughs> is that yes, we are a family who goes to the homeschool conventions all the time and have since knee high to a grasshopper. And so we know there is what I call college row. And those are all of the colleges that want the learners because nine times out of 10 homeschoolers are learners. They have a desire to learn. They want to be paid for learning. <laughs> we all want to be paid for learning. No, I, I don't even care about money. You guys, you know what I care about learning, learning matters, but these colleges look it, they want, that's what they do. They want kids who can represent well, who have a desire to learn and, um, can make their college look good. Let's not kid ourselves. Right. And, and their transcripts are so different than just the same exact from public school. The transcripts all look the same. Nothing new here, nothing new under the sun, but you get the homeschoolers in and we all know you got basket weaving and all the things, right? And it's really good. You know, parents get caught up on that as well as what the transcript, what do we, and I was even just comparing 
what I did for my children to Tina's because we're so different like that. And, but the thing is, is they're all so different. We have this thing in our minds, like it's going to be so hard to write the transcripts and we put all this weight on the transcript. But in reality, it's the human. In reality, it's the learner. It's the one who wants to learn and can represent well. And I feel like homeschoolers really do do that. They represent well. And so writing transcripts, a breeze, you guys, such a breeze. <laughs> we'll do Don't a, be afraid. We'll do a podcast on yes, that. Yes, we will. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, <laughs> I think you made a good point when you were talking about... <clears throat> these colleges, they want to pump out good students because it makes them look good. Yeah. <laughs> and so like, even, I mean, even if that does end up being like a struggle, I didn't transcript or something like the colleges, I think we forget how much they will work with it. I mean, they have whole like uh, departments just to get people in. They yeah. go out to find you. you know? yeah. um, and so like they, yeah, th I think there's a lot more resources than people realize. So. to help you get in and then help you be successful getting in and then help you be successful once you're there. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Speaking of success, let's look at the flip side. What are some pitfalls that students sometimes fall into when they get to campus? Oh, yeah. Uh, so I, I think uh, one of the pitfalls I'll name right away uh, is thinking too much of after college or vice versa. <laughs> and I say it like both of those could be issues. I, I run into students who are completely like only focused on afterwards and they miss out on all like the awesome experiences they could have while they're in college. And they miss out on all the, like the extra things that are there that aren't just career building. And then I also have students on the flip side who only care about those experiences <laughs> and, and maybe don't make it all the way through because they're too focused uh, on the now and aren't thinking about, okay, someday college is going to end. And, <laughs> and, and so like, if I had to name the two biggest pitfalls, that would be at like either thinking too much of after college or not thinking enough of after college. I think there's a fine balance of like knowing that you're there for a reason. You're there to study. You're there to like uh, get a degree. So that way you can be a contributing member of society and also support yourself throughout life. Right. <laughs> but you're also, uh, I think like this is a unique time that you don't want to waste. And I go back to it before I said, you know, have those cool summer jobs or have those cool like campus jobs, mm. you know, that will give you experiences that, you know, later when you're in a career, you'll probably be in a career for a while. I mean, it's harder to make career shifts, you know, later on in life. You know, I'm a parent right now. And, and I think of like, if I tried to career shift right now, it would be hard because there's so many other things I have to think about. Okay. People depend on me. I can't just <laughs> quit for a while and not make yeah. money. You know, it's way right. hard, you know, like, and so like using that time while you're in college to use some of those experiences or even like traveling and stuff like that. And, and, and so I, I say there's a, there's a fine balance between thinking of after college and then, uh, not thinking about it enough. And it goes back to that, you know, I, I harp on this a lot, um, trying to survive instead of just, you know, trying to survive and just coast. And mm -hmm. I, I always tell people that that's one of the biggest pitfalls I see is people like, I just want to make it through. Mm -hmm. And they, they kind of waste those two or four years or whatever, yeah. when they could have been thriving so yes. much growing as a person growing, figuring out who they are, figuring out like, you know, a, a lot of people change, you know, what they're going to for college for mm -hmm. while they're in there. And that's not a bad thing. It's because you're discovering who you are, Yes, you know, and I hope not. I changed my major about six yeah. times <laughs> Yeah, and, and I didn't even do what I went there to get well, the degree in. Now here we are at the homeschool loft. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the funny thing is, is it's so normal for that to happen. But yet every time I talk to college students when they're changed, there's all this shame wrapped up and oh, I have to, I have yeah. to change. And, and I, and I get there's some reality. It's going to cost more. I have to be here another semester. There is some like reality that I want to be dismissive to that. And, and cost is very real for, for some people more than others. Right. Um, but like, it is a time when you're discovering who you are. And this, this is why I try and harp on a lot of like, you are training for your career, what you're going to do, uh, but you're also a human being. And so like figuring out who you are, gaining those experiences are important and not forgetting that. So for, forgetting that is one of the big pitfalls. I think I see yeah. students fall into. Yeah. Well, in most of the kids, I mean, would you say this and maybe you guys agree? I mean, everything's so new right? They're, they're moving out. That's one thing is they're, they're all excited and they've been, you know, to summer camp all the time. So it's kind of compared, they have nothing to compare it to, right. but this kind of summer camp mentality. And, um, so most of them really, well, and I shouldn't, is it most, or is it some, some know what they're going to do. Mm -hmm. Some go in. Absolutely. They come from a family of fill in the blank and they want to do it. They have a desire to do it. They do it. But some of them just get in there and that whole camp experience is kind of a, 
well, it's really not camp, but then actually it kind of is depending on what college you go to. Would you say that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure. Well, and that's another, like, um, this kind of ties in like another pitfall. I see a lot of students, especially, I think I fell into this a little bit. I mean, I see maybe some other homeschoolers falling into this, um, but not just homeschoolers, but just students in general, not yeah. using all the resources that exist. And one of the reasons I think I fall into that, maybe sometimes homeschoolers are more susceptible because we're not used to having all those resources around us. That like, there's this whole system built around us that are like, it's, paid to make you successful and everything like that, that you are paying for when you go to college. Right. And I wish I would have been more conscious of that now, you know, like working with college students, often I'm telling them like, you know, you have these resources to go do this. And even with trying to figure out what you're doing, you know, you know, maybe you come in treating it like a summer camp and you realize that once you're there, like, Oh, maybe I need to figure this out. <laughs> there are resources on campus to help you figure that out. So like, if you're there and you're like, I'm a little late to figuring this out, um, talk to people, you know? And so that's another big pitfall. I think I see people, falling into once they get to college is not actually utilizing the resources that you are paying for as a student. Mm -hmm. You know, you're paying for, mm -hmm. you know, whatever people's opinion is of, you know, campus offers so many things more than just, um, career development, but as a student, you're paying for all that things. You might as well utilize all those resources while you're there, you know, right. yes. cause there's a lot of those things now that I look at as I'm not a student, I'm like, man, I wish I had that for free. Mm. I had that for free when I was a student and I, I, I didn't, I totally took that for granted or even just, what are some of those um, that you can like think of off the top of your head, those campus resources? Yeah. So like, I, so advising, I was talking about that, you know, like maybe you get in and you don't realize what you want to do, you know, like um, there are whole departments to like help you figure out the advising, even things like, I don't know how I'm going to stay here. Cause I don't know if I can pay for it. Like they don't want to see you leave. They want to help you through that process. Like they want to help you with that. I think of even, so the campus I went to had like, it wasn't like free. It was like $5 legal advice, you know, for students who can't afford it, you know, oh. so, in, uh, free, um, uh, free therapy and counseling, which mm -hmm. is super expensive, you know, like, and so wow. if you had to do that, like after college, you realize, or when you don't have that for free, you realize, Oh, that's expensive. When you're college student, if that offers that, like, that's a huge resource. So a lot of things like that, uh, or even just like different academic resources that exist, all the different, you know, um, uh, tutoring labs and stuff like that, mm -hmm. that, you know, like, I struggled with math when I was in college and I remember going to tutoring lab and there was like, you know, 12 different on site tutors that were there. It wasn't right. like one tutor I had to wait. Like it was just, they were waiting for us to come in and utilize it. You know, right. like there was just so much capacity. Right. That's and their work study job and their math majors. Right. So they, that's what they're there for. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. A lot of them right. for yeah. sure. A lot of, you know, the math majors like in, in they have, um, I can't think of the name of it. Uh, one of the financial aids you can get is, you know, working for the college. Right. And so working. a lot of them, that's what they do, you know? Yeah. And so like, um, there are just so many resources and stuff on campus. And so even the resources that maybe aren't resources like that, one of the huge resources that I think a lot of people don't take advantage of is just the fact that you exist in this community. Mm. <clears throat> one, and that's one of the other pitfalls that I see students falling into is they don't get plugged into community community. Mm -hmm. um, and if it can be isolating when you don't allow yourself to be around other people. And I, I would say that's probably one of the fastest determinants of people not finishing because they feel isolated. Mm. They don't feel like they have help. Mm -hmm. And so if there's like one major pitfall that I would say avoid is find community as, as soon as possible and find healthy community. There's a lot of community you can find that maybe isn't healthy or uh, that is toxic or isn't um, uplifting to you. And so for anyone who's listening, I would say like, if you're considering going to college when you get there, look for people who will be your community, your support system. And that can be both people on campus and off campus, but there's a ton of people on campus um, who probably will be. And that's another, I think, unique thing. So I grew up in a small rural town in Wisconsin, um, smaller than anything around here, you know, like, and so even going to college, like my college was bigger than the city I grew up in. And mm -hmm. so, all, and it was all my peers. And so all of a sudden, like I had all these different communities of people that I didn't, you know, people who shared really niche interests that, you know, like I didn't grow up with people like that. And so it was easy to find community. And so that that's one thing that I would encourage college students to do is, um, it can be really easy to get sucked into just isolating yourself and focusing on, I just need to make it through here. I'm just going to coast through. Um, and that, that will be hard for one thing, but also I think it'll be waste and you probably miss out on lifelong friendships if you don't do that. Yeah. Did you feel, did you ever have that? Did, okay. What do we know the answer is? What school did you go to? <laughs> Tina, say the answer. Oh, actually, I was homeschooled. Yeah. Did you ever have to say that? Actually, the word actually always, every homeschooler says it. No. So what school did you go to? Actually, I was homeschooled. Do you guys say that? We have some 
homeschoolers out here. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it is, but yeah, actually. And I, I feel like as a parent, I probably even said it too. Mm -hmm. Like what, what, what was the reaction to people when you were a student and yeah. you said I was homeschooled yes. most of See, my, that was my yeah. next part yeah. of the yeah. question. Did you walk in feeling confident? I was homeschooled. And this is why I'm so intelligent. <laughs> uh, maybe a little bit, because just <laughs> I think in, in college, I, mean, I, yeah. I, I probably still struggle with that, you know, ego. And so there maybe was a little <laughs> bit of that. But uh, the funniest reaction, and I think other people probably have had this experience, too, is when I say, oh, well, homeschool. And you get reaction. Oh, you seem normal to me. And I'm like, OK, Always. that's a weird that's yes. interesting reaction, you know, like. Uh, and so, I yeah, I don't remember any like uh, I'm trying to think of it remember any like specific experiences of that, um, explaining, Oh, I was, I was homeschooled. Uh, in many ways it was often kind of fun because then I was kind of like this exotic anomaly yeah, to people absolutely. like, Whoa, like the that's homeschooled weird. Kid. tell me about that. You know, like, I mean, did you then, do basket weaving? Right. <laughs> yeah. And then more often than not. Yeah. yeah what did you say? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are you a farmer? <laughs> yeah. And then more often than not, they realize it's less, exotic and glamorous as I thought I'm like oh it's or, yeah you're you normal 17, to me. <laughs> do you have 17 siblings <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right. yeah so, actually another good. thing that I have read is um oh now I lost my train of thought but um not only colleges you know professors um valuing homeschooled kids when they get there and seeing that they are ready but colleges actually recruiting homeschoolers oh, because yeah. they want a diverse population on their campuses and homeschoolers are seen as part of that diverse population beautiful <laughs> that is beautiful so you could be as mainstream as the whatever but you're diverse because you were homeschooled <laughs> yeah 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 well, for sure yeah yeah i'm sure that's definitely a huge value and and now i mean this generation that's you know being unique or anomaly is the cool thing. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to get serious here. So what would you say to these families and also our listeners, what would you say to really to the, speak to the parents? Because when we say the parents are fearful, when they hear their 12 year old say, I want to be a brain surgeon, I want to be you know, in the military. I want to be right. That that's a lot of pressure all of a sudden. And it's already the parents feeling bad that they don't know every single thing under the sun, which is that's a whole nother episode right there. Okay. What would you say to the parents to give them peace? Is yeah. there peace? Can you have peace when that's the, <laughs> so I think, I mean, it depends on where that fear stems from. And there's probably a lot of different areas, but I think one of the things I'm hearing now that question is maybe the fear of like, am, am I equipped enough to yeah. equip my students to do That's this? That's right. And this, and this comes back to what I was kind of talking about earlier saying, we have to remember the reason you're going to college is because you don't know the thing. <laughs> if you already knew the things, uh, there would be no point. I mean, just, that's so just good. because of the way our society is so you still need the piece of paper, but that's yeah. here, no, neither here nor there. Right. <laughs> but the reason you're going to college is for that. And I think that's one of the things we forget is we think I need to know all these things before I come in, but actually that's why you're going to college. So I think hopefully that gives some peace of mind to parents yeah. listening to this is knowing that like, it's okay. Like e even if, you know, your student is a little bit behind, they'll get caught up. Um, that's right. And, and here's the reality. If your student wants to go to college, the student wants to go to college. Homeschoolers, you know, that's the thing is they generally overall come from an atmosphere of learning mm -hmm. where they do love to learn. It is their desire. And so they will do it. And this is why we start little creating that atmosphere at home of learning, because by the time they are, you know, they should want. So parents that's off your shoulders right? You're not, you don't need to know all the things to get your children to college. What you need to do is model learning. Yeah. And that's it. And by the time they grow up, like Andy over here, <laughs> they're going to be <laughs> academics for life, going to Hillsdale college just for summer soirees. Like my son is actually going to. Oh yeah. 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 yeah so yeah. And I say, I say this a little tongue, tongue in cheek too, like thinking of like, you know, if you're a parent thinking, I'm really bad at math, how can I train my students in math? But mm. so they're basically teaching themselves right now. Now imagine your student has that passion to learn. And now they're coupled with people with their PhDs in mathematics. You know? yeah. So if they've been having to learn with you, who's really bad at yeah. math for the past four years, <laughs> you know, they've, exactly. they've learned with That's the worst good. and now they're going to be with PhDs. And so like, they've how much more so, will they, you know, I, yeah. I feel a little bit tongue in cheek, but there's a little bit of truth to that. Like, like you're saying, like, 
a lot of homeschoolers are learners. And that was the biggest thing. I can't remember if I said this tonight already. The biggest realization I had when I came into college was I knew how to study leaps and bounds better than my peers did. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, exactly. had, you know, I had, my peers were asking me like, how do you do so well? Like just showing up to class and reading the bare minimum of my textbook of what my teachers told me. Cause I was so well, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, like just taking in information, you know, I didn't right. have to, um, and, and again, I, I don't mean to be dismissive. Different people have different capacities for learning, but like, I didn't have to spend hours and hours like re-going right. through my um, textbooks. I'd read it and I would comprehend it because I, for the past 12 years of my life, essentially not 12 years, but however long I was reading throughout. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, well, I, you know, and I've talked to a lot of parents who feel bad when their kids are middle school, high school age, let's say they have little kids and they're like, so, you know, Johnny is doing basically all his high school studies on his mm -hmm. own because I'm busy with the little ones and the parents yes. feel bad about that. Right. And I say, no, you're giving them self-study mm -hmm. skills. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's yep. exactly what will help them, whether it be college yes. or a job or whatever. Right. They, they know how to be self-directed and you're proof of that. Yeah, that's saying, one of the so. number one uh, things that I um, value about my homeschooling experience is being a, yeah. a self-taught learner like that. Mm -hmm. And even to this day, even like as I want to learn something now, I think I can pick up on things pretty fast because my whole life has been. And that was my experience was, you know, once I got to about middle school. So uh, we had I can't remember the name of the, the curriculum we used where it was just completely on a computer. And it was just I had my work that I read and, and I filled in the answers. I was done. And my parents were kind of out of the picture at that point, you know, <laughs> like, uh, in, in, I think there's like at a certain point that maybe, uh, we were still high schoolers and we tried to figure out, me and my brothers tried to find corners, which could oh, sure. so as a parent, yeah. you still need to watch to make sure your mm -hmm. students are, yeah. your kids are doing what they're, what they say they're doing. Um, but like, just because you don't know the content, right. Like right. that's what the curriculum is there for. Well, yes. yeah, exactly. And <laughs> If you don't know the content as the parent, right, there, there's no such thing as a teacher unless you have a person that's the learner. Yeah. Okay. You have to want to learn. And so the parent that doesn't know the answer, you don't stand before your children acting as if you know everything. Instead, you're honest and you say, I have no idea. Let's learn it together. And there's joy in that. And what you're modeling is in fact learning how to learn, because it looks to me nowadays that that's the link that's missing is that children are taught what to think and not how to think. And there it is, guys. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. That's a reality, actually. Yeah. What about you guys? Do you have any questions? Get your questions ready. How are campus ministries helping students navigate woke agendas in higher education and formulate or maintain biblical worldviews? I'm excited about this answer. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, there's a lot wrapped up in that question. And I'll first by saying, I'll first start by saying probably not as much as that exists there is sometimes we think that like this campus is this place where everyone has this agenda to, you know, changes certain faculty, certain people for sure that does exist, but it even exists on the opposite side too. Um, and more so than not. So like the, and I, I don't want to speak for every campus ministry. I can speak for myself and you know, what we're doing, what I'm doing, um, is teaching our students how to be good discerners and good learners. And so how can you, when you are encountering things that you don't think are truthful or honest, um, or helpful, um, do you know how to respond to that? Well, so instead of me feeding them, here's the right answer. What I'm more hopeful for is like feeding them like, Hey, how going back to how can you be a learner even in these other areas around, maybe it's not your academics, but maybe it's culture and maybe it's, uh, whatever you want to say, your roommate or the yeah. RA or something like that, having an agenda, right? Yep, exactly. Yeah. And, and everyone has an agenda, you know, and, and that's the thing to be honest with too. And that's the biggest thing that I teach my students is you are never free from agendas or biases. And that's honestly the best way to combat some of those things to know what do you agree with? What do you disagree with? Mm -hmm. If you first know your own and you're able to identify others. And it's actually one thing I would say most, um, most college faculty, like if they're honest and, and, and most of them are, they will even identify, Oh yeah, I know I have this agenda, you know? Mm -hmm. And so like being able mm -hmm. to like say like, okay, where does the bias lie is the more important thing because then you can, um, then you can interpret the information you're getting through that mm -hmm. and you can understand like, okay, so I'm getting this information through my philosophy class through this person who I see eye to eye with. Now, what are the blind spots going to be? Because I know we both agree on everything or the opposite. Like I see, you know, my philosophy professor 
things vastly different of the world than I do. And I think they're trying to trick me, you know, like they're probably not trying to trick you, but they do have a vastly different, you know, worldview Then knowing that will help you to be able to interpret their information. So uh, long answer, that's what I would say is, is what I'm doing when I'm working with students is teaching them not to run for the issues, but to kind of uh, face them head on and say, how do you actually work through these? Uh, and, and going back to this is, you know, before I was asked the question, oh, where should students go after, you know, if you're, if you're a student of faith, should you go to a Christian school? This is actually one of the reasons I say, no, don't, you know, because, <laughs> because the sooner you can be exposed to some like questions that maybe are going to challenge you a little bit, mm-hmm. um, in my opinion, a little bit better. So you can, um, maybe, maybe not forever. Maybe some people need a little bit extra time to kind of ground themselves. But I would say like, Hey, if you can, if you, if you're aware, you're going to be encountering these things. Um, that's the biggest thing, being aware of your own biases, of other people's biases and, um, going at them head on. Yeah. It's knowing the truth, right? I mean, yeah. right. and then it look, and then we look back and we say, do we get all bent out of shape about starting college test prepping in fifth grade? <laughs> <laughs> or maybe should we be working on to teach the children to think for themselves right. yeah. and to, de- right. To know the truth, bottom yep. line. Right. And Well, I think, yeah, I think that's true. You said before, you know, we're paying as a parent, as a student, you're paying the staff of the college, right? So really they're kind of your servants in a way. I mean, not degradingly, but just (laughs) put it in perspective, right? So they're there for a purpose, right? I was talking to a young man that I know, um, he's a a pre-med program and he was really concerned. Um, He was taking a diversity class that was required for his major. And all the stuff that was in the class was very against everything that he believed. And yet he wanted to get a good grade because he wants to go to med school. <laughs> he said, Tina, what should I do? And I said, well, because he didn't want to lie, like answering the essay questions on the tests, you know, because he knew that if he answered with what he believes, he would get downgraded and that would cause a big problem. So I don't know if this is good or bad, but I said to him, well, if you answer the question with uh, professor, you said in class, blah, 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 blah. Or the textbook says, blah, 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 blah. I said to him, Joshua, you're just handing back the information the professor wants. You're not saying you ascribe to that and you're not having to compromise your own values. You, this professor wants you to spout back those answers that he wants, but he's, you don't have to agree with it. (laughs) Right. And, and honestly, I mean, that's the more academic way to do it to begin with, you know, like, so like, (laughs) even when you're approaching those things, and I think this is maybe one thing that comes with, uh, experience in, in the academic field is learning that whenever you're doing those things, that's what you are doing. You're usually regurgitating other things that other people have thought of. And so even if, I mean, even if you leave that out, most people should know that you're basing off of someone. And if you're blatantly doing that, that's called plagiarism. (laughs) You know, Um, know, like, and so like, there's a lot of truth to that. Like when you're uh, dealing with some of those things, you're saying, Oh, well, X so-and-so says this, or, you know, these scholars say, you know, same thing with when, so when you're dealing with different issues that maybe you disagree with, um, whatever the side of the aisle lies on, you know, like you, I don't think you have to compromise your integrity because no one's going to ask you to, I shouldn't say no one. There's always going to be that one anomaly, that one example that's proves it wrong. But for the most part, no professor is going to say, you have to believe this. They're going to mm. say, what, what is our text say? What, what do I say? Right. And it probably might be just from one perspective, but your job as a student then is just to prove that you know that view, exactly. not that you yeah. agree with it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Other questions yeah. from our audience? Do you have a question? I'll come out with the mic. <laughs> a question, but a comment in regards to that, that um, we moved from California a couple of years ago. So going back a ways in time, a good 20 plus years ago, when my son, my husband was at community college, the professor did not allow that. Like you, science class, he flat out said, if you're a Christian, if you want to tell me there's God, you might as well leave now because I'm going to flunk you. So wow. there is teachers like that too. And there were, there were students that left the room. On a sad note, that same professor about 15 years ago, maybe a little bit longer, committed suicide. So uh, and there he it clearly is. needed the Lord. Yeah, yeah. I would say so. Like right. There. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, thankfully, the other, the students could find a different professor for the same content. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, he just sat there. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. 
Wow. Other questions? What about, what about Written you guys? or spoken. You can what write them the down and we'll read them. <laughs> Any questions at all for this guy? We, we have a 16 year old in our audience and he's a junior now, right? Mm -hmm. He's going to go to a military academy, right? So what should he be doing between now and graduation two years from now to get ready, Andy? Well, I'll start by saying I have nothing to say on the military side of it. because I, I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's out of my, you know, field. it's kind of like an Ivy league though. I mean, very rigorous and all of that to get into. Yeah. So, so, I mean, I, I the big things in, I'll, I'm reiterating some of the things I've already said, but so if I were to go back in my junior year and think of, okay, I know I'm going to college, some things I would do different. Cause my junior year, I didn't know if I was going to go to college. I actually was not initially planning to, it was really like last minute for me. I was like, Oh, I guess I'll go, you know? Um, and it turned out good. Um, so, but if my, in my junior year, if I was going back and saying, what would I do? I, I said this before I would learn what credits I could have ahead of time going in. So I could either save myself some time and money, or I could save myself some stress. So I could take the lower uh, credit loads. Another thing I would start doing is, um, learning the things, if, if I knew what major I was going to go into, learning the type of things that I was going to do for that major and just start studying them ahead of time. Mm -hmm. You have so many more resources now than even I did when, when I was in high school, like the amount of free resources, like on YouTube, like Khan Academy or stuff like that, where you can just, mm -hmm. you can just teach yourself things, you know, like you could learn anything with you yeah. know, the internet. I mean, you have to be a little bit, uh, discerning in what's right information or versus people just claiming to be experts who aren't, you know? <laughs> um, but you can basically teach yourself anything. So if I was going back in my junior year, I would say like, oh, if I could give myself a leg up. So once I get into X, Y, and Z class, I basically know the information and it's, and it's a breeze. And then I'm able to get a little bit more out of the class. Cause you know, I'm going to use math for example, cause I think that's an easy one. So if I, you know, if I know that I'm going to have to go through calculus in college and mm -hmm. I can say, okay, well, I'm just going to do that now. And I'm going to study it like really hard, even, you know, just watching YouTube videos or whatever in my free time and learn this really well. Once I get there, I'm not just passing a class. I'm actually like using this professor to the fullest extent saying, yes. you know, like you have a PhD in this field. How can you teach uh, me things that yep. I couldn't learn mm -hmm. from watching YouTube? Mm -hmm. Most mm -hmm. students aren't gaining everything they could from their professors because they're just doing, you know, they're just trying to pass the class. Mm -hmm. But if you already know the things in there, then you can start like actually using your teachers to their full, you know, like if you can press them where you're giving them hard questions, that's, mm -hmm. you know, uh, one, you're going to impress them, <laughs> right? Um, but two, like you're, you're going to grow a lot more. And, and I actually think there is something worthwhile saying you're going to impress your professors, um, more than just an ego thing, because I think that pays off more than people realize mm -hmm. one, like it, it does kind of pay to be a teacher's pet because <laughs> Truly, <laughs> they, they will right? help you in, yeah, in I mean, many ways. That's true. Um, and especially if you plan to go on in academia, like you want that help. Uh, mm -hmm. cause I remember, um, initially I, I was going to go off to grad school and obviously that changed where I'm at now, but um, I, uh, in college became, you know, kind of a teacher's pet because I loved learning. I was always asking questions and I had several professors like, Hey, I know so-and-so at Harvard, tell me you're going to go there and I'll just drop your name. I know. So, you know, like, yeah. and I was like, Oh, I didn't realize that like it becomes such a, who knows who at grad and it does at grad level in, in a mm -hmm. lot of ways, you know, like to get into that. Stuff. Even I suppose industry, let's say you're going oh, into yeah, engineering, exactly. yeah. right. Yep. You know, and you're a professor and you impress your professor then when you're looking for internships, that's that how you get the good thing. internships. Yeah. 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 So if, cause when the people come to campus saying like, Hey, who are your star pupils? And you say so-and-so, like I didn't teach them anything. They're actually asking me questions I can't answer. Yeah. You know, that's who they're going to point to, to give the good internships. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to ask you a question. I feel oh, like, okay, then I'm going to go down, down there. All right. So the good news is guys, we actually have a student here, a homeschooled student who is going to be studying and doing all the hard things of military. When did you know that this was something you wanted to do? Cause as I'm looking at you right now, and this is just neither here nor there, but literally I'm not kidding. You, you strike me as somebody who would. And I, I just think that's a thing. Like for instance, my son is a history kid. He's always been since he's three. Like he just always knew the things. And I think God puts that into us and my daughter music, same thing. How did you know? Um, so I've, been interested in the military for years now uh, mm -hmm. but last summer God did some stuff that made it abundantly clear that wow. there was a particular path that he seemed to want me to take can I ask you what branch military I don't know yet so just, sky's the limit at this point in time right 
Wow. And so are you, do you feel like you're, are you scared? Are, do you love to learn? Are you kind of, like he said, kind of focusing on some of those things to prepare yourself now? Uh, yeah, definitely focusing on stuff to try to prepare me now and Mm -hmm. really just to hit the requirements to get in. Yeah. Does military run in your family? Is that meaning are there family members who've just been, no, not any close. What are your parents thoughts about the whole thing? (laughs) (laughs) My mom is less than thrilled. But, <laughs> but she's smiling. She's smiling right now. I would be crying. You guys, I cried when Noah moved out last week and it's just seven miles away, but that's impressive. That's really good. What about your sister? Yeah. Do you, do you have any, we do won't you, even, you don't have, she's to only talk. 13. Yeah. She's do you only have 13. Any inclination yet? But this is, Hey, but this is a good thing. Do you have she, any she's ideas? Shrugging. She doesn't want to even yeah. answer. That's okay. That's all right. We'll, yeah. We'll you can you just pass. answer it without 13. even talking. <laughs> do you have any ideas at all about what you want to do at 13. It's okay to say no. Music stuff. She's you interested are. in music. I don't Good. know if that came across. So yeah. Yeah. But you have time to figure it out. So. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, it's good news that you are just 13 to figure it out and just to see. Yeah. I love it. Thanks for answering. Not everybody wants to be in a podcast when they don't know they're going to be on a podcast. <laughs> Last <but>. minute. So <laughs> thank you. Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. Here, let me uh, get you on mic. So I noticed that you said that you kept your credits under enough so that you would still be considered a freshman to get into the freshman dorm. So I was curious about your thoughts about that. I've, I've gone to some of the homeschool conferences and I know that there are some pros and cons with how you do the credits with financial aid and all that stuff. But I know I I don't understand it all yet, but I know that there are nuances. Uh, So I was just curious, what what were your reasons and how did that play out for you? Yeah. So I'll say my reasons as a 18 year old kid was entirely social, <laughs> maybe a little <laughs> irresponsible. I didn't think of the, you know, financial repercussions, stuff like that. And in hindsight, that's because you weren't going in the military, right? Like this guy <laughs> over here. In, in hindsight, I'm, I'm glad I made the decision, um, uh, because, uh, like I said before, my primary reason was I saw that there were freshman dorms and my thought process was if I go into dorms that aren't freshmen, I'm going to be with sophomore and junior and seniors, people who have already solidified their friends group. It's going to be harder to meet people. And that was true, you know, cause I had other friends who did that. Um, and I went into freshman dorm, none of us knew each other, uh, and it, it paid off. And so that is advice I actually give to people like, Hey, if you, if you have an option to go into freshman resident hall, um, do it because you're all kind of in the same space and you're trying to make friends. It's not you trying to enter into like other friend groups. It's possible. I mean, to do that but it's way easier when you're all kind of in the same boat. So that was entirely my decision was entirely social based. And, and I'm glad I made the decision. I mean, to this day, uh, I still know all those people. I don't keep in touch with all of them, but I know all of them. Some of them I talk to on a regular basis. Um, you know, we, we still talk about Evan's second floor, you know, freshman year, we all, you know, always talked about that because like we were all very close. Uh, we knew each other and all throughout college, we, kind of, we all went our different ways, whatever, you know, friend group we ended up, but we still knew each other. And so that was a very cool experience to have. Um, and again, I go back to so many people think of college as um, only what's coming after college. And there's a fine balance. I, again, I'll say between think about what's after college, but also think about that time because you're going to meet, you know, lifelong friends. You're going to, you know, all these other things are going to happen. Maybe your spouse. Maybe your spouse. Yeah. Meet our spouses in college. (laughs) Yeah. My spouse was, uh, my wife was on Evan's second floor where I I knew her before that. Uh, (laughs) But it sounds cooler if I say what's that. I met my husband in college. She was not, no, but she's from my hometown. So (laughs) she met the quirky homeschool guy. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, any questions at all? Anybody? I looked right at the the kids over here. Any questions? So don't look at me. <laughs> Andy, do you have any parting thoughts for us? I think out of all the things I said tonight, the biggest uh, things I want to reiterate is um, if you are going to college, once you get there, do not avoid community. Find community as fast as you can. And also don't dismiss how important it is to like, figure out like who you are, who has God designed you to be. Uh, and so, you know, that's obviously important to me cause I'm a Christian. And so like growing in, in my faith is central to, um, my understanding. And so 
too often we get too caught up in how am I going to make money or you know, my career is everything about me. And those things are, those things are important. You need to survive. You need to, you know, contribute to society. Those things are important, but don't forget to find community. Don't forget to um, be able to find even yourself. And it's okay to change your mind in that, you know, it's okay to say, Oh, all throughout high school, or even since I was five years old, I thought I was going to be, you know, whatever, a computer programmer. And then I got to college and realized I want to be a nurse. You know, that's, mm -hmm. that's, good to figure out who you're going to be. Some people feel like there's shame in changing your mind and there's not, you know, like, so it's okay to figure out who you are, discover you're going to continue to do that the rest of your life. I'm still figuring out who I am. and I'm 31. So <laughs> I'm 50 and I'm still figuring it out too. <laughs> Moms and dads, thank you so much for listening to our conversation today. I hope that what you took away from this conversation is that you are enough for your children. You don't need to know all of the things God placed you with them and it's okay to learn beside them. You get to take back your own education and let it go. Maybe you'll go to college. Who knows? Be blessed, friends. Mm -hmm.